Welcome to the Your Next Best Step podcast, where it's all about real experiences, real lessons, real hurdles, and everything in between. I'm Teresa Cantley, and I'm bringing you over 20 years experience in business, leadership, and marketing to help you shift out of your corporate thinking and into being an entrepreneur so you can maximize your results, build and empower your team, and make a bigger impact. It's time to turn your ideas into innovation, and that's only the beginning. So let's get started. All right. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. I'm so glad it's like almost the weekend, and um, this is my first. Every week we go live um, here on LinkedIn, and we talk about all things, how to help you to fix your business, to build a better culture, to grow your business, and today I have a friend of mine, a colleague of mine that I met recently, and this is going to be such an amazing conversation and one that small businesses need, which is centered around how to protect your business and the things that you might know to do and maybe might not know what to do. So thank you for joining me, Jay Razuk. Did I get that right? Spot on. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you for joining me here today. Um, Like I said, this is going to be an awesome conversation. I've been so looking forward to this because as you and I have talked, um, the topic of protecting your business and doing things right and making sure that your hard work is protected, you know, is a big, is something that's near and dear to my soul. So important. Um, yeah, so, so important. And it's something that a lot of people end up shying away from. And, um, the one thing that I always tell my clients when I first start working with them, the two things that you want to invest in are an accountant and a lawyer. (laughs) And most people look at me like, what? So I'm so happy to have you on the show. And, um, I want to just dive right into it. And I want to talk about, let's talk about your background. Like, tell me a little bit about you, how you got started in all of this. Um, and really, what makes you different as legal counsel, as a lawyer? Thank you so much, Teresa, first for having me here. And so for me, yeah, I'm, I'm a lawyer, a corporate lawyer, and I started off as a, what I call a corporate reform lawyer, working for, for working with corp, Fortune 500s, trying to fix them when there'll be these billion dollar mistakes that you might see in the Wall, the Wall Street Journal. And uh, I got tired of that though, because, <laughs> Most of it was in litigation. You know, you almost uh, have to force people to do what's right. And I just see all the money being wasted in the court system. I'm like, there's got to be a better, different way. And I really and how wanted to get tired of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just got, I got tired of judges not believing me that this company will go bankrupt or this. You're crazy. And then what do you know? They filed for, for bankruptcy like six months later. <laughs> you know? But um, I, I just got that tired. It takes a I, special person to do that. It takes a, like, that takes a gifted person to do that. Yeah, so I, I just got tired of coming too late in the game, you know, when huge mistakes already been made. And I, I wanted to start working with entrepreneurs early on, maybe even before they hit it big, lay down mm-hmm. that better legal foundation that would really be sustainable and help their business last forever. So I, I've been yeah. doing that for the past few years, loving it. And, uh, you know, especially niching down, helping coaches and consultants in the online space, especially. And I love working with coaches because you have to get a lot of good input and valuable feedback from them. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. And to go from corporate 
to what you were doing, to working with entrepreneurs, that's like a complete, like complete change. So how does it, I mean, how does it differ? Like how, like, how does it feel or how does it differ? Like, you know, corporate business versus these small entrepreneurs that are just getting started. Uh, So I sort of see it as a lot of the same principles apply, but now it's it's simplifying them and making it into really basic steps that they can start doing now to start laying those better habits. And then as they grow, of course, then those things will magnify and get more and more uh, systematized as they get Mm -hmm. bigger. But Really, it's, it, it is an application of these overarching principles of best practices that really keep you out of, uh, out of trouble in the long run. It's, yeah. and, uh, and some of those we could talk about, if you like, it's, uh, I have like, a, I basically broke it, broke it down to five things. Sure, and let's some talk of them, about it. Some of them could be applied right away. Um, one, the first one is uh, having the right structures in place. And what I call the structures is, you know, are you a corporation, LLC, or do you want to just stick it out as a sole proprietor? What are your contracts like? Are they really, you know, giving a good framework for your relationships and intellectual property? All these sort of fall into your framework or your structures that will protect you. Mm-hmm. The next one will be your community, making sure you hire, you work with the right people. And I think we were just chatting a little bit about that. If you have the wrong person in place, you can have somebody, um, wrong client in your group, you know, oh. it can totally just suck out the energy and everybody gets really annoyed. So you have to be so careful about it. You can have the best contract in the world. And if you sign up with the wrong client, it's over. It, like, it doesn't yeah. matter if you have the best terms. Are you going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars just to prove you were right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you have to hire people, whether they're an employee or, um, it's a contractor that you're working with or a client, you have to have, you have to hire people and work with people that you align with, like that your values align. Mm-hmm. And cause you're right. I mean, if you, and we were just talking about this, if you have an employee that's working for you and that person is, you know, super toxic, miserable, not doing, you know, causing more problems than anything, like it's going to cost the business so much more money mm-hmm. and maybe not even, you know, a lot of money, but the energy piece is even more expensive, you know, and then the detriment that it ends up doing to the organization. So, all right. So we have right structures, we have the community. So what's number three? The right daily actions. So, okay. so it actually spells the word scale. So S C now a right actions. And this is, this is where it really changes as you become a larger, larger entity, because as you grow, you have to start putting in your policies, your procedures, these sorts of things, because when it's just you and your business, you might know what to do. But as you hire more people, they need to know what to do and you need to be consistent. So that's where those things come in place. All then right. the next next one is uh, I call loss limiters. So this is insurance. And or other fancy things, but for most people get insurance, it could cover you, especially if you have like a uh, a property where people work or uh, customers come to, you know, someone slips and falls, you want that covered. Or if you give advice, it's good to have your, have you protected if you give bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever gives bad advice. No, nobody's human. <laughs> and then the last one, this was really important and I don't think enough people value it. And this is what I call the enlightened mindset. Mm. 
And this is really understanding that deep down, everybody expects to be loved. And if you do love people, treat them right, with the exception of some few people with certain mental health conditions, the average person is going to respond really well to that, going to value the relationship with you, and then will never think to like go find a lawyer to go after you. And, and that's really key because most people think, oh, if I have a contract and I follow the contract, I'm fine. Or if I just do what the law says, I'm fine. But your clients don't know what the law is. Your employees don't know what the law is. Nobody can read and understand most contracts. At the end of the day, people just have a gut feeling of what it is to be loved and they want that. And when you don't do it, that's when they feel upset and will find a lawyer who will get really creative and figure out mm. what law you broke or what terms in the contract you broke. So right. I think that's your best protection right there. That's interesting. So an enlightened mindset, it's funny that, you know, to hear, and I apologize for this in advance, but to hear a lawyer say <laughs> that that's one of the key things that you want to have is that enlightened mindset. So tell me a little bit about, a little bit more about this. And I, does this relate to the unbroken mind? Yeah, it really does. And so Unbroken Minds is a documentary my wife and I have been producing. And so far, we filmed 150 interviews of people who had mental illness or treat it. And just one of my big aha moments in it was just how important love is to our human psyche. And, you know, if a child does not get the love the child needs, the child will either grow up really broken or, or there was a study done where the kids died if they weren't really loved and cuddled. Um, mm -hmm. as infants. So it is, it is critical for us to have this. It's almost as important as the air we breathe and the food we eat. And uh, just to see the effects of, or I should say, not only the effects of people falling apart when not getting love, but also to see the healing that would come about when love is there. And, mm -hmm. and I begin to realize that love is such a precious resource and we really need to rethink what our businesses are at times. And our, our businesses really are relationships at its core. I mean, the whole universe, fundamentally, if you break it down, is relationships. We keep splitting the atom, and then we find these particles. We split those particles, and then we find more particles, split them up, and more particles. Really, it just seems everything is made of particles that are held together, that are in relationships, that are in bonds. Uh, yeah. This camera I'm speaking through, and this microphone, you know, they're... They exist because matter is held together and in relationship. And yeah. without relationships, we're just isolated alone and not accomplishing anything. Nothing mm -hmm. has value without it. No, and it's interesting, your point of, you know, business is really about relationships. I mean, that is something that I, um, I mean, the three pillars of what I work in are an aligned strategy, um, a transformational culture, which has to do with the relationships. Mm and then a relational customer experience. So no matter what you're working in, you're always taking into account and always putting the relationship that you're building with your customers, with your team, most important, um, you know, and then with anybody that you work with, your, like, as you say, your community, um, I mean, it's so, so key that that's what we need to focus on first. The products and the other stuff is like secondary. Mm -hmm. the, the key is that those relationships that you're building and keeping that in the forefront. So that's why we get along so well. <laughs> I know I was just going to, I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's so, 
and I and I hope that you know people that are watching this um, and listening to this because this is also a podcast episode, you know, thinking about and hopefully starting to change shift their mindset as far as it relates to you know working with a lawyer, a lawyer that has one of its you know one of your five principles of working with somebody is that enlightened mindset, that relationship that you're building with people. Typically, you know, I don't think that's on the like that's on the forefront of most people in the legal profession. So that is definitely something that, you know, I hope my listeners are are hearing and, and, you know, seeing that, yeah, you find the right person, the right legal counsel who has that at the forefront. I mean, that's going to be key with them with everything else. And I've really come to view myself as a lawyer, define myself when I'm doing a good job as a lawyer, I am to relationships, what a good doctor is to the human body. Mm. And so I want to see my clients having good relationships that will bring in good money for them that will, um, you know, be a delight to them, you know, because a bad relationship can just ruin your day, your week, make you question why you're even in business in the first place. But the ones that are good when you're seeing difference in the people's lives or, you know, your business and their business are growing together. That's when life just seems to be at its best. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I love how you said that, like, and you, you have it here too, that um, personalized legal services should enhance your business, not put it out of business. But you're right that when, and you look at someone's business in the totality of it, including the human factor. So when you're making recommendations or suggestions, or you're putting these things into practice for them or helping them put it into practice, you're not just looking at it like, you know, how many hours am I billing for this? Or I'm just, I'm just writing a contract or, you know, I'm just advising them on insurance, but you're looking at the totality of it. And Mm -hmm. that's that relationship piece, which is so, so, so different. And I think, um, you know, being an entrepreneur and coming out of corporate, um, when I came out of corporate, like I had to relearn pretty much how to relearn business because I had one mindset And when I came out and became an entrepreneur, I had to adopt a completely different mindset. And so often you feel like you're alone. So to have a trusted advisor as yourself, I mean, that would make a world of difference because you're trying to guide yourself through all these uncharted waters and all these unknowns, making, you know, so many mistakes that, you know, like I said, to to be working with someone like yourself, I mean, is, I mean, it's, it's life-changing. So. Yeah. And, and I love what you talk about that different mindset you have to have when you leave corporate and now you're in entrepreneurship. And I'm curious what you mean by that. Cause for me, that, that also is very true. People don't, well, and so when I left corporate, I was a marketing director and I was a director of operations. So I left corporate, we had our business. My first business was a brick and mortar. And then I started my consulting business at the same time. And I was like, I got this. Like I've marketed, you know, big pieces of laboratory equipment. I got this. Like no problem. I did not get it. <laughs> you know, so that was one of the that was one of the things is that I and it was funny because I didn't really fully under understand how to connect. Like I didn't like it was just so different like basically putting myself out there and the product that I was selling wasn't, you know, a laboratory refrigerator. It was me and and my knowledge. And that took a lot to 
kind of flip it and and understand that um, and really like navigate all the limiting beliefs that come up and all the, mm. you know, the fear and, you know, surrounding that. The other thing is, is that I kept functioning as an employee and not functioning as a CEO. Like I thought I had to be sitting at my desk at 8 a.m., <laughs> you know, until 5 p.m., and I was taking anything and everything, like, you know, any opportunity that would come my way and it just thinking like an employee. And that, I think the first three years of my business, that really, like I suffered from that. So. And those things, I think a lot of people struggle with. I think I, I went through those things too. <laughs> I still do the sit in the chair for hours grind, but I, I still know. like, you know, making things and, you know, you got to lay the foundation as you grow your business, but. You know, it's funny. It's a business different coach, when you own it. Yeah, exactly. And that's then that's the thing. Like I was like, I was always, you know, working so hard to get a raise or to get a promotion or to, you know, have my boss be happy with the project that I was working on or whatever. That like that's I didn't have a boss anymore. I was the boss, and I was the worst boss ever. <laughs> I was so hard on myself, and. um, you know, so many, I remember my, I, I had a business coach, um, I'm going to drop his name here, James Wedmore. And I remember him saying to me, um, long, long ago, I remember him saying, you know, Teresa, when you become an entrepreneur, you pretty much have to let go of everything you thought you were in order mm -hmm. to become who you were meant to be, because it takes a really special person to go out on their own and, and do, you know, own their own business. That's funny. My dad would always say something very similar, that true greatness is being able to uh, more or less leave who you are today to become something greater tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, that, that really yeah. is it. And, and that's something else I, for me, I think a mindset shift that I, I really had to, and our big epiphany being an entrepreneur is just how much more important to realize are all your relationships. Like every relationship you have is valuable. And, you know, you can give value to them. They can give value to you. And, and, and it's not such that, okay, I'm alone in my business. No, call on a friend who's an expert on something, see what they could chip in. And then when they need help, you could chip in. And then when you help them, they could tell other people how you help them, vice versa. You could tell others and everybody grows together. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I just love this aspect, aspect of collaboration that you can have as an entrepreneur where when you're an employee, you're collaborating just within with your other employees because you have to. And or sometimes yeah. it's great when you have a good team, but when you're an entrepreneur, you now can build the relationships you want with the people you want. And Absolutely. Powerful. Absolutely. And um in and kind of going along with that, one of the things that I did recently, I had somebody go through my strengths finder with me, which I've never had anybody go through my strengths finder test with me. And, um, and then related back to, I've done Myers-Briggs too. Mm. And one of the things that he read, cause one of my strengths, my top strengths is connectedness. So mine is relationships. See, that's why we get along so well. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he said, you need to create a personal board, which I thought that was interesting. And he said, I'm like, like a board of directors. And he was like, yeah, people who you have close relationships with, you know, people who like can hold you accountable when you say you're going to do something or you have specific goals or whatever. And, and he said like five people and, you know, believe it or not, like one of those people is my accountant. Like the person who like 
taught me everything about, you know, finance, like early on, like he's one of the people that's on my board, on my personal board. So, I mean, and then like, I have a, you know, my husband, of course, but, and then I have um, my assistant and then a really good friend of mine. But like, if you think about it, I mean, he's somebody who like had taught me how to do my finances, how to like, you know, early on and, you know, still helps me to today. And that's somebody who I'm entrusting to help me go to the next level of my business. And that is such good advice. And, and, and really, and that's another thing as an entrepreneur, I really had embraced, right? Was that we have our limitations. We have our zone of genius. And then there's places where it drops off and you need to rely on other people who've gone further than you have or have their zone of brilliance and work with them. And, and yeah, that's maybe that's a good segue to legal, right? Where a lot of people. Oh, yeah, to, I know. We're you, supposed to be talking about legal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a, hey, this is a great conversation. And it's all, like I said, I think that's why I was so drawn to you is that, you know, you look at the whole legal, the legal piece so differently than other people. And it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners really need because they're just in a, in a different place, you know? And I think having someone who has the perspective that you, that you have is, is so important. So let's talk a little bit since, yes, we have to segue into legal. <laughs> so, <laughs> or segue back. So you want well, to make sure about, we give people what they expect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we always over deliver on this show. I'm exactly. telling you, we always over deliver. Um, so let me ask you, what are kind of going with, along with your scale framework, your, um, you know, the right structures and community. Um, I know one of the biggest things that I see biggest mistakes is a lot of people start a business and they're in business for several years and they haven't set up the structure. They don't have an LLC or they don't like, they don't have any of that stuff set up or they don't have contracts. So what are the um, contracts with independent contractors? I know you and I have talked about that where they work with somebody to do for, to have someone do some graphic design for them. And then I've had people who have had the graphic design work stolen from them and you know, and then they don't get it. So, because there was no independent contractor or no um, non-disclosure agreement set up. So let me ask you, what are the top mistakes that you see working with entrepreneurs and small businesses? What are the top mistakes that you see that people make and what can they do differently? Mm. So I think that there's a whole variety. So first one, let's talk about IP. You're talking about, talking about that. That is and when I say IP, I mean intellectual property, like trademarks, copyrights, patents, trade secrets. Those are the big four. And they're really the heart and soul of most businesses. Like if you're to try to sell your business today, what would the purchaser buy? It's got to be those things. And what happens is we don't understand as entrepreneurs, the law and what those are. And, um, and we do things which undervalue our IP. For example, like trademarks, we might pick a name that for marketing reasons works, but is not going to be protectable under uh, trademark laws. So I see so many people where they go with a name because they're a good marketer, they know what will sell. But mm -hmm. when it comes to legal aspect of it, it is not going to work whatsoever. Um, I because have a client that just went through that. <laughs> 
and, yeah, and if they're if they've used that name for a while, their their heart is in that name. It's very painful to then be told, you know what, this is not trademarkable. You're going to have to come up with a different name. Or what? What's worse, someone else has been using that name before you, and you're infringing their trademark if you uh, keep going using it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I have a client that just went through that. They've been using a, a branded name for something that they created, a product, and went to go get it trademarked. And they were like, this is going to be really difficult to trademark. You might have to rebrand. And they were like, no, we're not rebranding. <laughs> we're going to try and make this work. So no, trademarks is, um, tra- trademarks is definitely you know, and, and getting, getting those things protected and understanding, you know, when you name something that legal side, that's a, I think that's a big one. What else do you see a lot of? I, next one is like, let's say, let's talk about contracts. There's a lot of major mistakes people make with contracts. One is they don't put the right business entity in the contract. So let's say I have an LLC and I'm the manager of it, but I sign the contracts with just myself, my name, Jay Razook. Or I might put the name of the business, but I'll, I'll, I'll sign it as owner. Like, these are mm-hmm. all no-nos. You need to have the business be the one that signs the contract, and then you just sign as an officer of it, not as, mm-hmm. a, a, as an owner. You formed an LLC because you as the owner don't want to be on the hook. Your LLC is on the hook, not you as the owner. Wow. I never knew that. Now that's something I've never known. Hmm. Because most people, most people do sign their name and they put owner. Yeah. Owner or founder. Or I've Mm -hmm. seen people where they, I have one client, she signed a lease agreement and signed it with her DBA, but then signed as herself and then owner. And unfortunately I couldn't argue, oh, you sued the wrong person. You should have sued her LLC. It really looked like my client was the one that signed a contract and it was her personally on the hook. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And that's, like I said, I've, I mean, I do that myself. Now I'm going to do that differently, but I do that yeah. myself. And I have an LLC where I've actually signed um, my name and then have put owner afterward. And wow, I didn't know that. 90 to 95% of all contracts I audit make that mistake. Wow. Yeah. So that's why I put that one really high up. And if, and maybe you might even put the wrong name of the other party. For example, if you're signing up with somebody like you need to make sure, should it be their business? Should it be them as individuals? Do you have the right person in the agreement? And this one of these details that we don't spend a lot of time in or, or thinking about, but it has big implications if the agreement has to get enforced. Mm. Now, another major mistake and we were talking a little bit about independent contractors. I think most people believe that, you know, this is America. If two of us want to say this is an independent contractor agreement, then, you know, one of the, the worker is an independent contractor. But it doesn't work that way. Uh, and it, in reality, we have uh, tons of different tests. It's a mess. So each state might have its own laws. Each uh, the federal government has multiple tests depending on the scenario and and whatever the issue is, the law will run through a bunch of factors and say, okay, is this person really an independent contractor or are they an employee? And there's big ramifications here because 
the government gets a lot more money out of you if your worker is an employee and you have to withhold taxes, you have to pay their FICA taxes, you have to pay into workers' compensation and all these other benefits. So the government wants to have as big of a pool as possible and also says it wants to protect workers, make sure their rights are protected. And which means now it's the government is becoming more and more aggressive in making sure you don't misclassify your workers mm. when they should be, let's say, independent. Uh, when you're in, your so-called independent contractor is really an employee. An employee. And so many things have, you know, along those lines, so many things have changed within the past year or so, even classifications of employees. And then also um, the uh, the W-2 that someone fills out and their deductions and things. Like there mm-hmm. have just been so many things that have changed. And I do, um, you know, you really, you really have to pay attention or you got to invest and hire someone who knows, an accountant or a lawyer who knows and can help, you know, guide you. Because I do, I have, um, I had a, I had a client several years ago who kept saying that they had this contractor and they were a 1099 and they actually weren't, they were actually an employee. And then this, it ended up with lots of issues. Um, I've also had people who have missed, and I know it might be state to state is different, but they classify somebody as exempt and they're really non-exempt, even if they're full-time. So that becomes an issue too, that mm-hmm. they have to go back. And I've, I've actually had, you know, a couple clients that have had to go to litigation with employees that had left with, you know, back money that was owed to them. So, yeah. And if your employee leaves on bad terms, it's very likely like in California, it's almost guaranteed. They'll talk to a lawyer and what is the lawyer going to do? If they're employee, yeah, they should not have been exempt. Or if they're an independent contractor, oh, they should have been an employee. It's almost malpractice if the plaintiff attorney doesn't assert these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, and no, yeah, definitely. And yeah, you're right. Now you're paying interest, you're paying uh, back payments, you're paying penalties, not just to the, the worker, but maybe also to the government. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's just, I mean... It's just one simple, you know, like I said, having that trusted resource that you can go to and you can talk to about these things and make sure that you're doing them right. And I mean, I had to go back, this is when I first started my business and like reread Pennsylvania state law about, (laughs) you know, employment, you know, employment law and wages and, you know, and then just read up on it and what the differences were. And it's, it can get confusing and it can get overwhelming, especially if you're trying to build your business and you're worried about just bringing revenue in and then to deal with all these things, it's like, it can get, it can just be a yeah. lot. And as you mentioned, the law has been changing in this space a lot. Even just the past 10 years, more and more states have adopted very stringent tests when it comes to whether or not someone is an employee or an independent contractor. And the law starts off with the presumption they're an employee and you have to go through all these hoops and hurdles to show they're actually uh, 1099 independent contractor. contractor and a lot of people think it's just in California but guess what the test California follows might be applied in as many as I've seen up to 33 states wow 20 to somewhere between 20 to 33 states follow this test so that's three out of five states in the country wow oh my gosh yeah see this is why it's important this is why I always tell my clients invest in a good lawyer and an accountant, because these are the yeah. things that, you know, cause even like with Facebook, like 
you know, I always tell people it's so hard to keep up with all the changes on Facebook when it comes to this kind of stuff. It's so hard to keep up with it. But if you have somebody that you trust, you know, it's, and somebody that knows this, it makes things so much easier. So. And, and maybe that's the, I guess a way to something I've been struggling with, because I know that there is a difficulty in getting access to information. Mm-hmm. And even when I have clients come to me, I give them the information. I would say like, you know, here's, 10 guidelines how not to go wrong when hiring your independent contractors, they still don't look at it. Yeah. And and it's human nature and it's also the nature of being an entrepreneur. You don't have time to soak in information to try to understand it. So there's this gap. So how does an attorney bridge the gap between helping you understand and implement what you need to do and you having the time and ability and mental headspace to figure it out? And this is where I've really now come to be a believer in templates. Mm. And it says of using templates as this delivery device where the attorney would uh, create the legal framework and say by which you can operate safely within the law. And then you just follow the template. So like it's a, it's a contract, your 1099 agreement. It will have what you need in there to make sure you don't, you know, misclassify your employee and that you uh, like get this. A lot of people don't know this. In the past two years, Colorado and Nevada have passed statutes that make it so that you can land in prison if you have the wrong type of non-compete agreement in your contract. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I just wow. I know at least about Colorado and Nevada. Who knows what other states? <laughs> so Yeah, it's true. That's true. So do you, when you work with people, have you started to provide templates for them to work with? So that's what I'm I'm I become a full believer in this, just seeing seeing what's happening with my clients, experiencing how is the best way I can help them. Really, that's what they need. You know, they, they need to hire somebody. Okay, you're not going to want to sit through an hour-long video, but here's a template of the contract that will, if you just follow these terms, you'll be good. So mm-hmm. it's, it's this quick deployment of going from, uh, you know, having a need to hire somebody to doing it the right way. Interesting. So do you do, um, when you work with people, do you have contract, do you have templates for um, different types of things? So one would be like a non-disclosure or non-compete or whatever. One would be the contractor agreement. Like, so you create templates, individual templates for people. That's right. So what I'm doing is I'm building out a whole package that would have everything that uh, coaches would need. I'm sorry with coaches and consultants, people in the online space um, mm-hmm. who have you know, overlapping needs. And then, so like it, there's an independent contractor agreement that would have terms to protect confidentiality of information, like your client list. Then there's terms that will help them not compete with you. But again, I think non-competes are dead. The law is getting harder and harder and it's more dangerous to have them in your contracts. But then there's other approaches you can take, which then I follow in my contract. And it'll lead to a better, better agreement anyway. Or mm-hmm. sorry, not agreement, a better relationship. relationship. Because if you hand your worker uh, this contract with all these one-sided terms and no matter what you win and, uh, you know, they can't work for anybody for two years after working with you, number one, they'll be crazy to work with you. And number two, when the relationship ends, they're going to be feel like a dog trapped in the corner. Yeah. And what do they do then when they feel like they're trapped in the corner? That's when they go talk to the lawyer and the lawyer will figure out that they should have been an employee. And now you're, you're the one in the doghouse. 
And it all goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. So build a good relationship. Have a contract that's fair, that makes both of you feel good, that lays a foundation for a healthy relationship. And one that will, you know, hopefully be a relationship that'll be beneficial for both of you long term. Wonderful. So if you um outside of what you just said, um to kind of round out this conversation, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, I need to, I need to find someone to work with. What would be the biggest piece of advice to get them started to go looking for, for someone to help them with these things besides yourself, of course. But I mean, <laughs> like if they wanted to find somebody local, like what, what are a couple things that you can, a couple pieces of advice that you can give them to get them started? Uh, I think it takes two things. You're going to need, in a sense, two attorneys. Sometimes you'll be lucky it could be one. Is you need an attorney that will be making excellent templates in your space. And mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a new thing, and lawyers are picking up on that they really need to niche down and become an expert in one particular industry or for one particular person or client. And so then they will make templates fitting the needs of that class of people. And then you will need an attorney in your state who knows the laws in your state, knows what's legal, what's not, what will end you in prison, what won't, what will be a worker in your state or an employee versus not to double check these templates. But if you have good starting templates, then that attorney review should be a lot quicker, a lot cheaper. And in the long run, you end up with a template that one attorney spent, like for me, I spend 100 plus hours on my template. So you have a 100 hour plus template within a couple hours of attorney review. And I think that gives you maximum protection and your best bang for the buck. Because otherwise, if you're paying your attorney to draft something from scratch, you know, they spend 10 hours, that's a couple hundred or a couple thousand, 3000 bucks. And they only spent 10 hours on it as opposed to, you know, a hundred plus if attorney making the template was really focusing hard to come on, uh, come up with the best template ever. Yeah, that's what I went through. Um, my first one I ever had, and this was like 10 years ago, my first um, contractor um, or my my first services agreement, um, he, he wrote it custom and he didn't really understand my business and he didn't really want to understand it. And I ended up paying a ton of money for something that was so over legal, like that people would look at it and be afraid to sign it. Like, and it was, I mean, I think that was one of the mistakes that I made. So I like what you have to say. I mean, first and foremost, um, if anybody, you know, for anybody that's listening to this, you know, first and foremost, you've got to find someone who is, who cares about the relationship. I think that's the first piece. Um, and also is someone who is knowledgeable, particularly about, you know, in your state, in your area, you know, and wants to, you know, learn about what you do so that they can do the best service for you. So Awesome. That, that's well said. Awesome. <laughs> and I definitely, I think the younger attorneys are much, at least the ones I know are very relationship based. And, you know, if you find a younger attorney, they're looking for a long-term friend and yeah. get good value out of that. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, not that like the older ones aren't, you no. know, but it's, but it's, it, it's definitely a new way of looking at things, new perspective. And that's, that's the issue. It, it's, it's a, the law has to be rethunk right now. And that's what's happening. It, you can't do law as usual. And it used to be you were a good lawyer if you asserted your client's rights to the max and made sure they got the most money possible. 
and the the relationship wasn't usually a part of the formula. And mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, you had the, the attorney who put everything in the contract and made it super scary. And that used to be what's considered, you know, good lawyering. And it takes someone who's brave to um, break the, the the current mold and and say like what really is valuable for the client. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, history wasn't made on people who followed the rules. So history was made on people who broke them. <laughs> so no, I totally, totally agree with you. Well, this has been a phenomenal conversation. And before I ask you three like quick questions, is there anything else that you want to add? Anything that you want to tell people um, before I ask you these three questions? Uh, I'm ready for the questions. You ready for the questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First one. How did you meet your wife, Wendy? Um, actually at a church hike. And it, it was good oh. because I, I was be strategic. And I thought, you know, where would I meet someone who shares my values and likes likes getting outdoors? I was like, I'll try church church hike. So my second church hike, I met her. Oh, <laughs> so nice. it was a good strategy. Nice. And I've heard that you guys, um, I met Wendy once. Um, but I've, I've heard from a lot of people that have worked, worked, worked with you that you guys are, are a really great team. So that's awesome. Um, I'm very all right. Blessed. So what is one of the most interesting things that people might not know about you? Something like I shared with you, mine is most people don't know that when I was, when I was 18, I wanted to be, um, my dream was to be a fly girl on in living color, the show. <laughs> <laughs> My my crazy aspiration and friends who grew up with me know this well was, was that I was going to be the president of the United States. <laughs> and I was a total geek on everything presidential. And my favorite car, you know, everybody said, oh, I like Lambos, I like this, I like that. And I was like, well, mine is the presidential limo. <laughs> I <I've> said <since> changed. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's a Cadillac. <laughs> Exactly. The beast. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. What last question? What are you most grateful for? I'm just really grateful for the kind of what would be my board, my advisory board, uh, beginning with my wife, Wendy, who's been just pivotal in helping me even understanding love and relationships. A lot of that is, is thanks to her, too. And and then just the the coaches and and people I've worked with in the past year or so who have um, really just started with helping me to appreciate the differences and and be more brave to not just be like every lawyer but say yeah hey I think you're onto something keep going forward and uh, pioneer something new so I really appreciate all those people who've been there for me. Awesome, awesome. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I mean, there's so I was taking notes while you were talking. Um, I mean, your scale method with the right structure, the community, the actions, um, the lost limiters, which is like your insurance, the enlightened mindset um, to how important relationships are in business. Um, You know, I love learning about your documentary. I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, And something, you know, interviewing these people and we talked about you know, helping people to see, you know, that knowing that people need love and helping people to see that they are loved. And I mean, it's just, people need that so much right now with everything that's going on in the world and everything that we've been through. 
and I can just say, you know, I am very grateful for meeting you um, and for, you know, doing this interview. And every time I talk to you, we, we have such great conversations. And I will say this from an outside perspective, you are changing the world. You are absolutely changing the world with what you're doing. And, um, you know, as a, a colleague and as somebody who is trying to um, disrupt my own industry, um, you know, keep going with what you're doing because so many people need your help. So many people. And like I said, you are changing the world. So keep going because the world needs it. I'm so grateful for and the people like you have encouraged this and given me a platform to share it. Awesome. So where can people find you? So where can people find you? Do you have like a free download that people can go to your website or where can they learn more about you? I, I really, I, I like being on, being on social media and just find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. I am, as far as I know, the only Jay Razuka on the planet. <laughs> so you won't have to worry about finding somebody else. It's going to be me. And I'd love to connect. Happy to uh, do contract audit, you know, give you an idea of, you know, how does it compare to what I call my golden standard? Give you an idea of if you need to make changes. Awesome. And your website is razlaw.com, R-A-Z-Z-Law.com. Uh, if you want to speak with me as an attorney, that would be razlaw.com. And then mm-hmm. the legal coaching business, if you're interested in like templates, learning more about that, it's proscalelegal.com. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. As I said, this was such a wonderful question. And anybody who is listening um, or who is watching this live, um, I would love to hear I would love for you to post a comment and I would love for you to hear what was the most valuable thing in this episode, because there was a lot, there was a lot. And this is something that so many people shy away from. So I would love to know what you found most valuable and what was your biggest aha moment and takeaway. So until next week, um, I will see you all very soon. Take care of each other. And thank you again, Jay. It was an honor to have you on. I am so, so, so grateful. Um, and I, you know, look forward to doing more with you. Thank you so much, Teresa. And likewise. All right. All right, everybody take care. Bye-bye. Hey there, it's Teresa. And I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you join me every week to listen to this podcast. This podcast has been a dream of mine. And when we hit episode 100, I was super, super, super excited. And I know now we are on our way to episode 200. If you like what you hear, and I know you do because you're here, I would love, love, love if you could head on over and leave us a review either on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on whatever it is that you're listening to, um, listening to this podcast. I would absolutely love it. When we get reviews, when we get, you know, five stars, it, it enables us to show up higher in the different categories so that more people can find us and we can make a difference in more small business owners lives so i would love 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 if you could go on and leave me a review and also tell me what you love tell me what you what you want to hear more of and how i can help you because that's what i'm here for i am here to give you real life experiences 
real life coaching, real life stories from my work, my experience, helping small business owners to build their business, but also helping to, or me actually building and growing several of my own businesses. So if you love what you hear, please go over and leave a review. It would be absolutely amazing. It would mean so much to me. But until next week, take care and I will see you soon.